Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to the Disorder Podcast. My name is Jamie. I'm your guys' host. And today we are talking about all things eating disorder versus disordered thought related. We're really getting back to the roots of the Disordered Podcast theme with eating disorders. I feel like the past couple episodes, we've talked a lot about body image and the whole world of that. And today we're kind of going back to the foundation of the disordered podcast so with that being said let's just get right into today's episode so i've actually talked to a few people recently who were having struggles with their food thoughts and one of the main thing they would say to me is you know i don't know it's not that bad i feel like i don't need to necessarily get help or get diagnosed with an eating disorder or that it's bad enough to be classified as an eating disorder so it's probably not a big deal it's just whatever it's just what every teenage girl thinks or whatever they say and i feel like the more people talk to me about this the more i realize that people really downplay disordered thoughts or you know just disordered eating in general because they just automatically chalk it off as not being bad enough, quote unquote, as an eating disorder, and therefore it doesn't need any kind of attention that an eating disorder will. So I want to talk about the difference between diagnosed eating disorder versus disordered thoughts and just how they're both equally valid and both have a huge impact on a person's life as a whole. But before I really get into it, I, of course, just want to remind you guys I'm not a doctor of any kind. I have no medical background. I'm not talking about how to diagnose an eating disorder, and I'm not trying to diagnose anybody with either of these things. But I am going to be discussing the general differences, you know, and talk about how we need to stop downplaying one versus the other. So, with that being said, I think the first thing to do is define what a normal eater is and go from there so according to Tamima zucker i think that's how you pronounce her name if you are Tamima, i'm very sorry if that's not but she's a registered clinician she's a therapist for an eating descent an eating disorder recovery center and she just defines a normal eater as someone who mindfully consumes food when they are hungry and is able to stop when they're full. This also incorporates a variety of food in their diets and they don't think about food constantly when not necessary. Now, the definition of someone who is diagnosed with an eating disorder is it's a psychological disorder that is characterized by abnormal or disturbed eating habits. So a key word in this definition of an eating disorder is the word psychological. So eating disorders are real psychological disorders that, you know, it's it's not something you randomly come down with one day. I think eating disorders sometimes have kind of a stigma around them that you're basically doing it to yourself. I know Obviously, that sounds really harsh, but I do know that that's what some people think of it, that they kind of think that people with eating disorders woke up one day and thought that, you know, they they wanted to look a certain way or emotionally rely on food and something of that nature and just went with it. But eating disorders typically do start out as disorder thoughts that don't get help, don't get the attention that they need and turn into an actual psychological disorder. So, 
even for me personally, when I started the primary stage of just having the disordered thoughts or, you know, just disordered eating in general, I didn't think much of it. I thought that I was helping myself. I thought that I was doing something good for myself and it spiraled. And obviously going into it, I did not think it would it would turn out like that or obviously I would have taken a much different approach to the way I was eating in high school and college but it just happened and it turned into a psychological disorder that really just altered the way that my mind worked around food and it's not something I chose obviously but it is something that came from my disordered thoughts and my disordered eating in general that did turn into a psychological disorder so Now, the definition of disordered eating. Disordered eating doesn't really have a cut and dry definition like the other two, but from most of the articles I looked into, it can roughly be categorized as someone who has a rigid ritual and routine surrounding food and has food guilt with eating or just any kind of obsessive thoughts surrounding calories, ingredients, or is avoiding food or food groups in general. And I know this is like a really long-winded definition. And after reading that definition, I feel like the lines sound really blurred between, you know, the disordered eating and eating disorders. But we're going to talk about what sets the two apart. So for this part, I want to read a little excerpt from an article by that clinician that I mentioned earlier, Tamima Zucker, who, again, is a therapist at an eating disorder recovery center because I think that she words it really well. So I'm just going to read what she wrote and then I'll share my thoughts. So she says, when an individual is struggling with an eating disorder, they generally engage in multiple behaviors. These behaviors can involve food or may relate to body image or mood judging by these behaviors alone would be insufficient many people eat healthy foods or consume large quantities of foods and do not have eating disorders however these behaviors might be an indication so for example this person engages in behaviors multiple times per week or even per day this being said many people keep their behaviors a secret and it's therefore difficult to gauge based on behaviors alone The level of obsession around eating disorder thoughts and behaviors can distinguish disordered eating from an eating disorder. It can be normal to think about food when hungry or even what you're going to eat for the next meal. For those people struggling with an eating disorder, however, the thoughts are generally all-consuming. The individual thinks about calories, taste, food avoidance, where to buy food, etc., This level of obsession can impair focus, the ability to stay present, sleep, among other things. While it's difficult to judge how much time and energy another person is spending thinking about food or using behaviors, the individual may offer this information or may be evident that they spend more time in the grocery store, perhaps isolate more frequently, and their general behaviors and patterns have changed. Finally, the level of functionality is a distinguishing factor. When someone is has eating patterns take them away from normal functioning, this can be a strong indication of eating disorder. This can include a woman who will not go out with friends because of the fears around judgment while she eats. Or maybe a person misses social activities 
due to the fact that they feel like they need to exercise. So while these examples sound extreme, those struggling often cite impairments in their social functioning as well as other obligations due to their eating disorder. The distinction between an eating disorder and disordered eating is one that takes practice in order to achieve understanding. Oftentimes, those struggling to report that they have eating disorder begin as disordered eatings. This by no means indicates that all who engage in disordered eatings will have an eating disorder, but it's a reminder to to practice goodbye, to practice reflection and support those around us about whom we have any type of concern. Okay, I was really struggling to read. I felt like I was back in like third grade getting like popcorned. I I tried not doing a lot of takes, but that took a long time. So sorry for the little, you know, mistakes in there, but I got sick of re-recording every sentence. Anyway, so let's chat about that. So basically, something I want to touch on is she said that If you have disordered eating thoughts, that does not mean that you will have an eating disorder. Like I said, in my example, for myself personally, I did start off with disordered eating thoughts and it did lead to an eating disorder because I kept everything private. I kept everything to myself surrounding my food and my my relationship with food and how I felt about it. And that is why it led to an eating disorder. But if you're having disordered eating thoughts, and again, all of the stuff that she mentioned where either you're concerned about calories, you're obsessed with working out, you feel like if you don't work out, then you can't eat X, Y, and Z, those are typical disordered eating thoughts. But where it becomes dangerous is if you don't see that as not normal. If you see that as just something that goes along with the way you're living, that's not normal. And that's where it can become dangerous. And we really need to stop kind of downplaying disordered eating thoughts. And I, I know that's a little bit hard because they typically are kind of hidden within people. And that's not really something people are just going to be talking about all the time is their negative thoughts around food or, or whatever it is. But I think a lot of the times, and we kind of touched on this in the last episode, That as toxic as it sounds, and I don't know how else to put it, but eating disorders can kind of be competitive where if you're kind of in the realm of eating disorders, it almost can be, you know, a competition between either yourself or with the people you follow on the internet, whatever. It's a very toxic world just in general and with everything to do with it and with that kind of competitiveness that kind of comes out. So it's just, it's kind of hard because when you have these disordered thoughts, you automatically downplay it and think, well, it's not as bad as that. It's not as bad as that. I'm fine. It's not. You look at other people dealing with it and you'd say, well, I'm not to the point where I need to go to a treatment center. So it's not that bad. But the thing is, if you are finding yourself in any of these categories where you're having these thoughts around food, where it's just not healthy, it's not something that you should be thinking around food or if you you know food gives you anxiety eating gives you anxiety any of these things could just be some some kind of telltale that you don't have a good relationship with food and of course like i said i'm no doctor i'm not a therapist or any anything close to it but i do think that just talking to people around you about your thoughts with food and 
just expressing it helps a lot. I've noticed that it changes your internal dialogue if you change your external and vice versa. If you change your internal dialogue, it will change your external. If you change your external, it will change your internal. And just really focusing on the positives with food, just taking it one meal at a time, one step at a time, and just stop kind of concerning yourself with the fact that, oh, is it an actual eating disorder? Is it that bad? And downplaying it if you have these thoughts, but you don't think it's quote unquote that bad. I think we just really need to, you know, just listen to those around us and take into consideration everyone's thoughts and no matter what if there's one thing that I will always say on this podcast is that you should never be talking about your body in a negative way your obviously your friend's bodies in a negative way which I hope no one's doing that and you should also just never talk about food in a negative way or eating in a negative way I think we really need to just change the conversation around that it doesn't matter if you feel like maybe you ate to past the point of comfort it doesn't matter if you maybe ate something that didn't make you feel great but we just need to stop vocalizing so much because it does affect the people around us it does affect someone who might be dealing with the same thing because if there's one thing about disordered eating thoughts it's that like I said they're not going to be vocalized because it is a very isolated and negative headspace to be in and you're not going to express that so I think in general just not making food a negative thing that's where a lot of this stems from is we just tend to kind of push off food into certain groups and categorize them as good or bad which we've talked about in past episodes but what kind of stems from that is this automatic association with good and bad foods and we kind of project it and put it on other people and it's not necessary there are no good and bad foods like I've said since day one there's no such thing there are foods that make us feel good and there's foods that make us feel bad but it doesn't mean that it's always going to be the same and I've said I feel like I really am getting to the point I'm repeating everything I've already said but I just want to hit on it again if your body needs something at one point you need to listen to your body you need to hear what it's telling you because it knows it knows way better than your disordered eating thoughts that aren't true that's why they're called disordered they're called disordered because they're not they're not you know they're not real they're not legit they're not something that is coming from a good place it's coming from a disordered state of mind where it's very deluded and and delusional and just tricking you into thinking something that's not true so even going back to body dysmorphia when we look at ourselves in the mirror and we see something that we don't like that's typically body dysmorphia telling us lies about ourselves and again i'm not a doctor i'm not trying to diagnose people but i think I would just say a lot of people have body dysmorphia from my experience because what you see of someone is completely different from what they see of themselves because we also have to take into fact and into consideration that we stare at ourselves all the time we know every crevice of our face every good every bad thing of our body that we like and don't like but people don't people who are seeing us are not staring at us for eight hours on end unless you're like some you know netflix star or whatever but and even then they have like you know makeup artists whatever but 
no one is staring at us like we think they are. And so I think that was a huge thing in my eating disorder recovery was when I realized that people just did not care as much as I thought they did. People don't look at my body the same way that I do. People don't look at my face the same way I think that they do. People don't look at my outfits. They don't, people don't care as much as you think that they do. And that was the hardest lesson to learn, but it has been the best lesson to learn because since figuring that out, you just really, you're just not as hard on yourself. And that is just, that's ideal. That's what you want. Being hard on yourself is pointless. The only thing it hurts is you. And I feel like that's very self-explanatory, but it's true. And it, it's not like it's benefiting anyone around you. It's not benefiting you. It's just causing negative energy all around. And yeah, just be be kinder to yourself and don't diminish your disordered eating thoughts as something that's not that serious, not that's not that bad. It doesn't mean you have an eating disorder. It doesn't mean you're going to, you know, die or whatever you think it means if you have these disordered eating thoughts. It just means that you you need to start surrounding yourself with better things. If you have these disordered eating thoughts, you need to ask yourself what's causing them. What's the root cause of them? Is it maybe okay, this is like really getting deep, but like, you know, is it do you have trauma, childhood trauma that maybe is causing these disordered eating thoughts? Do you have anxiety right now? Do you, you know, you just have to ask yourself, are you on social media too much? Are you looking at the wrong people on social media, making you feel bad about your body? Are you looking at what I eat in a days that are making you feel bad about your body? You just need to start asking yourself what the root cause is and start looking for a solution and don't do it alone. Look for someone to talk to. You can always talk to me. My DMs are always open. But you need to look for someone to confide in, someone to hold you accountable for your thoughts and for your disordered eating thoughts in general to where you have to break the cycle. You have to hold yourself accountable to not partake in what's triggering these thoughts. And that's what's the hardest. And that's why you need someone there with you. If you're having thoughts of, oh, I, I'm not eating, you know, quote, unquote, good. You need to find the root cause of that is because you're looking at what I eat in a day and comparing your eating habits to someone else who doesn't even show everything in their what I eat in days. If that's the case, you need to cut it off and you need to tell someone, hey, I can't watch these videos anymore. I just want you to ask me <laughs> maybe once a week, once a day, if I watch the videos and I have to answer honestly, because that's what holds you accountable. The next time you are scrolling on TikTok and you're so tempted to look up what I eat in a days or whatever you look up. You just can't remember that you have to tell that person at the end of the week, at the end of the day, that you looked at it or whatever. And this sounds really extreme, and I know this is, like, the same with someone going through an addiction, but it kind of is. An eating disorder, I would say, is on the same realm as an addiction in the psychological effects, and the disordered eating thoughts do lead to eating disorders. It doesn't necessarily mean that they always do, but an eating disorder does always start from disordered eating, so... That was a long-winded <laughs> whole thing, but I hope this helped. I hope this makes sense. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please DM me on Instagram. It's my name, J-A-M-I-R-O-B-B-E-N, and yes, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. I <laughs> love you guys. Talk to you in the next episode. Bye.